Welcome everyone to the week 13 waiver wire podcast presented by the 33rd team. I'm your host as always, Josh Larkey joined as always by my co-host Ryan Reynolds. Ryan's a little bit under the weather today. His throat's a little sore and I haven't eaten in nearly 24 hours. I've dealt with a virus the past week and a half. I was at urgent care this morning and uh, they, they did prescribe me some meds. And they said that the most urgent thing I can do at this point is add Pat Frymuth. He only ran 13 routes in week 11. He was returning from injury. He just got one target. Then last week, it starts to tick up. 23 routes run, a 34% target share. He had 11 targets in this game. Nine catches, 120 receiving yards. Kenny Pickett in his first game without offensive coordinator Matt Canada threw for a season high, 278 passing yards. Overall, this offense had more than 400 total yards which it uh, never did under Matt Canada. The Arizona defense this week is a, a pretty weak overall defense. I think Fryer is a top eight option rest of season. Ryan, what do you want to add, and how, how should we think about uh, bidding on him? I've always been a Fryer guy. I always liked him as a talent. Um, the, the change of offensive coordinators is encouraging here. Like you said last week, Kenny Pickett had more passing yards last week in, in a game than he has all year. So that's positive. Them use, the Pittsburgh using the seam more already is a positive too. And, and, you know, bid-wise, we talked about this a month or more ago. Tight end gets really thin in a hurry. This is the last guy, almost certainly, that you can plug and play in every week in some situations. We're late in the year. I'd, I'd be willing to get crazy with him, like 30%, 40% if, if I was in a competitive league. Same. We'll talk about one more uh, tight end later for an ad, and you'll see we have less enthusiasm. Uh, Frymuth or bust at this point. Josh Downs. He tied Michael Pittman for the team lead with 13 targets last week. Overall, he's averaging almost seven targets a game. But if we remove the two games where he barely played and he only ran a few routes because his knee was hurt, that boosts him to nearly eight targets per game, five catches, 57 receiving yards on average. And when you factor in touchdowns, he's averaging 12 fantasy points per game. I, I would expect him to average that, maybe even a touch more rest of season just with this offense starting to ascend with Gardner Minshew looking more comfortable each week. And their schedule is quite favorable as well. Ryan, you're a Downs guy. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, the parallel that I'll use for him, I have him in a lot of leagues because I'm a Downs guy. He's my uh, he's my pivot receiver in a lot of situations, especially full PPR. He's a bit like Cole Beasley in the Bills as a fantasy option. You know, he's really solid floor, a little bit of upside because he's fast and he has a chance to break one for, you know, for, for a long score. But I, I really like him. He's He's a flex consideration for me every week pretty much. I like that comp. We'll call him more likable Cole Beasley because as far as I know, Josh Downs does not have a horrific rap career. Uh, would not encourage anyone to listen to those Cole Beasley tracks. I won't get my five minutes back. Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor hurt his thumb. I have no idea if he's missing time. The reports right now are actually uh, pretty cloudy in terms of if he will miss time. I assume he plays, but one thing that we know with Zach Moss is that if Jonathan Taylor does not play, we have a fantasy RB1. Zach Moss gets all the touches. And I think we'd both agree he's looked better this year than he ever did with the Bills. Yeah, I mean, you know, early in the season, I think it was week four or week five, this guy was second in the league in rushing yards, one of the biggest surprises of the year to that point. Um, you know, Colts have a pretty solid schedule going forward too. So if Taylor actually misses multiple weeks, which again, pretty cloudy, I'm very interested in Moss. Unfortunately, this is a situation where I would check in on news right before I process waivers. Hopefully your league processes them on Wednesday night. Yeah, I think with Moss, I hmm, if you really need a running back, I, I think I'd go up to 30 40% just on the off chance he misses time. It's the kind of home run swing I'm willing to do. 
and uh, he's just one of the best contingent value backs because I, I think we can think of him like Alexander Madison when he'd play behind Dalvin Cook, where you know you have a true bona fide fantasy RB1 getting all the touches should something happen. I like that. Josh Palmer. He's probably returning this week from injured reserve. Prior to hurting his knee, he had four straight games with at least 60 yards and double-digit fantasy points. If we take out the game where he got hurt, he averaged 14 fantasy points per game without Mike Williams. That's very exciting. Quentin Johnston has not fired. Gerald Everett and Donald Park in some kind of tight end committee. Austin Eckler looks slower than he ever has before. I think the the runway is clear for Palmer to resume a, a 14 type uh, fantasy points per game role where he's kind of this low end wide receiver too. Do you have a preference, him or Downs? Since I, I think that's a, a decision point that some might have to make in shallower leagues. Yeah, I, I like that. I think I'd lean Palmer just because of his, his association with Herbert and that the defense is bad, but it's actually pretty close. That's that's a good call there. I like that. Palmer for me. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think with both these guys, you can bid pretty much all your fab at this point. If either's out there and you need a receiver, probably not going to get anything better than, than those two. Jaden Reed, the second-round rookie from Green Bay. The, the Packers have been passing more with Aaron Jones injured. Reed's averaged 14 fantasy points a game the past six weeks, though that's a little bit inflated because his target share has been under 16% in five of those six games. So he hasn't really been a big part of the passing offense. It's just that they've been passing a lot. He has five rush attempts over his past two games. They're just scheming him touches. Romeo Dobbs is fading. If you look at yards per outrun, Reed and Watson are well ahead of Romeo Dobbs. I think the Packers should be more and more inclined to just give Reed and Watson more looks. They they just look like better players out on the field. The the one thing that I'm struggling with, Ryan, is if we start to peel back some of these random big play touchdowns, it's hard to know what the floor is with Reed. Yeah, just in general, I think everyone's flying a little high on Jordan Love's passing attack right now. However, you know, I, I see Reed as more of a stash. I don't think he'd start on any team that I have right now, but you know. Investing in a young player who's ascending, like you said, he's taken over Dobbs, you know, in, in terms of tar- target share and things of that nature. So I still view him as a stash, but we liked him early in the season. And I think this is the position we were hoping we'd be in with Reed right now. Brandon Cooks, the, the final five games uh, for weeks 13 through 17 are tantalizing. Cooks gets Seattle, the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions. These are all well above average matchups for your fantasy wide receivers. I'd say Brandon Cooks looks like a high-end fantasy wide receiver, wide receiver three rest of season where it's the number two pass game option attached to Dak Prescott and a Cowboys team that's surging. I know you've bet on Dak Prescott, what was it, a month ago to win MVP at 40-1. to one. That is aging quite nicely. So I, I'd say at this point, do you think we could say the Cowboys are who we wanted the Chargers to be, where it's a very pass-heavy, effective team? Yeah, that's fair. I mean... One of the reasons Dak Prescott's been going crazy is because their schedule's been real soft. But these games, like you said, ex- except for the Seattle game, the other four, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, those all have some shootout potential. So I, I like Cooks as a matchup-based option in those in each one of those situations. We'll talk about two Ravens. They are on bye this week. Keaton Mitchell, their running back, led the backfield in week 12 in snaps, carries, and routes. That's the first time all year. Ravens are on by though, so uh, you might be able to get him a little cheaper than normal. Some people might be dropping him. Might have RB2 value in fantasy going forward. The big issue is that Gus Edwards was always getting the red zone and goal line work. And then for some reason last week, Justice Hill was the one that got all the red zone and goal line work. Ultimately, we haven't seen Mitchell get that yet. So 
unless he breaks a big play, you're just going to have to kind of bank on yardage because while he does have some kind of pass game role, we've never seen Lamar Jackson targeting running backs with any type of real frequency. So I, I'd say we, we've talked about this before. Keaton Mitchell's more of a stash, but I think the bid you need to make and his upside kind of thrusts him into this category as more of the top ad. Yeah, I know for me, I'm in a few 300 to $500 entry home leagues that are pretty competitive, but if anyone drops Mitchell, he's actually the guy that I'm going to target on several of my teams because I actually I actually think his game against the Chargers last week was the one I was the most impressed with because he did some little things better. With the other, ga- with the other games, most of his production was based off of one, one, one big play. He's definitely the most dynamic talent they have in that backfield, and I'm a bet-on-upside guy, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunt for Mitchell this week if anyone drops him. Ryan's on the hunt. One guy we're probably not on the hunt for is the other Ravens player, tight end Isaiah Likely. He commanded 20% of the team's targets with Lamar Jackson. Pass volumes low. That was six targets. He caught four for 40 yards. Ultimately, I, I'm just not very interested in the less athletic, less good Mark Andrews. Ryan, anything to add there in terms of what you've seen from him? Yeah, I mean, he as far as backup tight ends go for a team, he's pretty good. But, you know, Lamar Jackson's thrown for less than 200 yards five times this year. It's not a very voluminous passing offense. Four for 40 is probably a borderline, you know, strong outing for him going forward. That's kind of what I was thinking is like, I I think we're getting more like two for 25s in the future. Yeah. Last top ad is if you need a wide receiver this week, uh, it might be A.T. Perry. Michael Thomas is on injured reserve. Chris Olave suffered a concussion. Rashid Shahid has a thigh injury. Our head of DFS wide receiver whisperer Jordan Vanek comped him to Gabe Davis. Just because he's big, he's fast, he he's good downfield. But he, like Gabe Davis, he's a limited talent. But uh, I mean, we, we could be looking at seven, eight targets here. I think ultimately, like uh, Alvin Kamara is going to go nuclear this week. There's nothing else to do but feed him targets. He's my fantasy RB one. My fantasy rankings are hitting the 33rd team.com later today. You'll see that he is my wide receiver or my running back one. You can see that I'm not super high on AT Perry, but I I do think there's. Uh, some type of upside here where, and he's one of the only options for Derek Carr. Yeah. If Olave misses with a concussion, you know, any guy that Jordan Vanek likes, any wide receiver that Jordan Vanek likes rises up the list for me. So in a deep league, you know, say like you're in a four super flex type situation. I think AT Perry is a pretty good find in that kind of, that kind of scenario. Before we touch on stashes, Ryan is Ryan Reynolds NFL on Twitter. His power rankings hit the site today. His survivor thoughts hit the site yesterday. His expert picks and predictions for every game drop on Thursdays. And then on Saturdays, he lets you know what he's betting on in each and every game. He's watched every snap of every football game since 2014. He lives to tell about it. I don't think there's anyone out there that that analyzes football and talks about football the way Ryan does. And I don't think there's anyone out there that uh, has more upside outside these top ads potentially than Royce Freeman. We've seen Kyron Williams getting a massive, 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 massive workload. My expected fantasy points model, only Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara have more expected fantasy points per game based on usage than Kyron Williams. The the run game role, the pass game role is outrageous. He's 200 pounds, might get hurt. The team seems to prefer Royce Freeman to Darrell Henderson. And uh, I, I think there's a chance with them just continually burying Henderson this year. Uh, if, if Kyron Williams gets hurt, I don't think it's crazy for them to have a couple games where Freeman just gets all the touches like Kyron. So I think at this point, he's kind of the the top stash once we get past Zach Moss. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, Nick Bodiford's had a great read on the Rams' backfield all year, and you know we do a team with Nick, and he likes Royce Freeman more than consensus when when Williams was out. So I, I'm with you there. I, I and you know we're both Royce Freeman guys long term too, Josh. Yeah, I remember uh, thinking he was going to be the Broncos' running back of the future. Yeah. Uh, he was awesome in college, and then uh, it turns out they just wanted the four three speed with Philip Lindsay, and it's gone downhill from there. But he's resurging. Uh, Philip Lindsay, not in the league. Royce Freeman in the league. We take our victory lap. <laughs> Rico Dowdle is the direct backup to Tony Pollard in an explosive offense. I don't have much more to add. That's a, that is what you want. Uh, I think he's kind of like an Elijah Mitchell where something happens to the high volume starter and you might get a low end fantasy RB one. Yeah. This year there's been times where I've thought Dowdle was Pollard. So he's a guy that I've stashed on a number of teams. I think if Pollard misses time, that was actually a pretty pretty good upside play. Samaj so P. Ryan, Jaleel McLaughlin's been relegated to pretty much no touches and no snaps. P. Ryan gets some pass game work. I believe, if I remember correctly, he's third or fourth among running backs and receiving yards now this year. I remember looking at a leaderboard, and just like the Zach Moss rushing yards earlier in the season, this shocked me. And then he also gets some red zone and goal line work that he siphons from Javante Williams. If he keeps this role, he's flex viable in an offense that's starting to look a little bit better. Uh, not all that much upside there, since I think if Javante gets hurt, Julio McLaughlin splits time with him. But I think if you just need some kind of fantasy points in your RB2 slot, P. Ryan might be the guy. Yeah, I'd have him below Dowdle and Freeman by like a tier, essentially. But, you know, if again, if you're in a deep league, I like P. Ryan as a player. He's really reliable, solid, well-rounded. So I have him on a few teams. We both like Jeff Wilson. I don't know what's going on with Devon Achan. Some some kind of knee injury. Savon Ahmed is on IR for at least this week, week 13 against Washington. Should A-Chan miss, Jeff Wilson's a fantasy RB3 in just the smash matchup of smash matchups where even if he only gets 10 touches, I think he can get there for you and get you 10 to 15 fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy we've seen him both in San Francisco and Miami last year. And this system, he can perform when he gets volume, which is a question of when is he going to get volume. Uh, to you know, to add to that real quick, Raheem Mostert's had wonderful injury luck this year. He's having a great year. So ensuring <laughs> him with Jeff Wilson at this stage in the year is a pretty good plan too. Let's hit on some quarterback streamers, tight end streamers, and defense streamers to close out the show. Gardner Minshew travels to Tennessee to face the Titans. The Titans are a pass funnel defense. Jonathan Taylor's thumb injury might give him fewer touches. Minshew's played well. The Colts offense in general and just team in general has played pretty well. So Minshew looks like a, a borderline fantasy QB one this week. And what yeah, I'd I mean, say is like kind of a soft week for quarterbacks. We have six buys and some bad matchups. So you could, you could do a lot worse than Minshew. Yeah. Agreed. The the thing that I like here too, is the Colts offensive lines are roughly top 10 type unit. They can potentially mitigate Tennessee's front. And if you can do that, you can shred Tennessee in the air. Russell Wilson travels to Houston to face the Texans. He's averaged nearly 18 fantasy points per game this year. It might be a shootout. Broncos, Texans. The Texans are the seventh best matchup when you adjust for schedule for fantasy quarterbacks. They've averaged two more fantasy points per game than their season-long average. So if you add two to 18, you get 20. I don't think Russ gives you 20 in this one, but I think that's at least possible. Yeah, one thing I'll say about this is early in last week's game against the Browns is I, I think the best the Broncos offense has looked all year. It was actually kind of blown away by it a little bit. And this is a game, like you said, Josh, there's, a, there's some shootout potential here. If CJ Stroud has a big bounce back game, Russell Wilson might be forced to play from behind a little bit here. And that's pretty exciting actually. 
Yeah, he's been a very, very efficient game manager this year. Game manager, game manager. The the attempts, the yardage hasn't been there, and he's still gotten there in fantasy. So I think Russ is kind of the sneakiest guy that has overall fantasy QB1 in his range of outcomes for a week like this, should that game shoot out. Kenny Pickett hosts the Arizona Cardinals. As I mentioned before, nearly 300 passing yards in game one without offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Cardinals are the fifth best matchup when you adjust for schedule for quarterbacks. Two and a half more fantasy points per game averaged by these quarterbacks. So if you if we think Pickett might be a 15, 16 fantasy point guy, we can add a couple there. So uh, good matchup and uh, an offense that looked a little bit better this past week. Yeah, you know, last week was encouraging. And if Pickett's going to show some ceiling, he did against the Bengals last year. I think this is the spot to show it because Matthew Stafford absolutely eviscerated Arizona last week. Hold my nose. Talk about Jake Browning at the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday night. <laughs> Jaguars are the eighth best matchup for fantasy quarterbacks. Jake Browning had 227 yards, threw a touchdown, also threw a pick, ran three times. Uh, you might get 15 fantasy points if you're really desperate. I know some of these really competitive deep leagues, when you and I are in a league together, and sometimes you look at the waiver wire and there's literally nothing. Yeah. And I think Jake Browning at least has some kind of floor in this game. Yeah, you know, negative game script production a la Blake Bortles from years ago is, is I think, the best-case scenario in this situation. But mm-hmm. I, I have I have absolutely no confidence in Jake Browning with that said. Our tight end streamer of the week is Juwan Johnson. He's got very little target competition. We talked about it. A.T. Perry might be the de facto receiver one this week. They are expected to lose this game, according to Vegas. Might be some negative game script. Last week, he had seven targets, caught four for 45 yards. Uh, might be able to do it again. Just uh, kind of like what we did with Hunter Henry for a few weeks where when there's nobody else, uh, you're probably getting eight, nine fantasy points. Yeah, I think there's some you know additional upside this week, especially if Olave misses. We have we saw Darren Waller as a dynamic tight end put up some major numbers with Derek Carr. Juwan Johnson is not Darren Waller, but he's, he's a plus athlete for the, the position. So especially if they play from behind against Detroit, I think there's some potential here. Before we rapid fire these defensive streamers, Reminder, Ryan is Ryan Reynolds NFL on Twitter. I'm Jay Larkey Tweets. All our work is on the33team.com. If you want my fantasy rankings, rest of season rankings, if you want Ryan's betting thoughts, predictions, survivor thoughts, power rankings, there's no place like the 33rd team. Ryan, we're going to be streaming the Jaguars defense on Monday night against Jake Browning's Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I want to bet against Jake Browning as often as I can. I don't think they're going to win another game for the rest of the year. So, and, you know, Jaguars pass rush actually has some upside. They have some surge games. So I like them as significant favorites in this spot. The Panthers uh, just fired their head coach. The offense looks terrible. They're one and nine and the Buccaneers host them this week. Yeah, an unstable offense with the underperforming offensive line and no real skill position players with a struggling rookie quarterback. The coaching change in season looks like it could that could backfire, I think. So uh, I, I'm actually d- debating taking the Buccaneers and Survivor this week, so I like their defense in this spot. The Falcons travel to face the Jets. Uh, I think it's still a little unclear who's quarterbacking. Uh, I think we're both hoping, if we have the Falcons' defense, that it is Tim Boyle. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all there. Um, I actually think the Jets have some upside too against Desmond Ritter. Their offense is just so bad. But as we saw on Fr- on Black Friday, the, the Jets' offense is just non-functioning. So streaming anyone against them is in your best interest. 
the Chargers have actually had a couple games recently where the defense doesn't look quite as bad. They travel to New England to face the Patriots. Uh, I believe it's like four of the past six games now. Bailey Zappi's taken at least one, if not multiple drives for this offense. Mac Jones uh, is not doing anything. Demario Douglas, the lone pass game bright spot, got concussed. He probably misses this game. So you're looking at the Chargers going up against Devontae Parker, Hunter Henry, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gusecki, and Tyquan Thornton. Props to myself for thinking of those names on the fly. Uh, None of these players are starting caliber receivers at this point. Two things, Josh. First, I actually thought the Chargers' defense was great on Sunday night. That they gave up 13 points to the Ravens until like a freak, you know, jet sweep essentially got broken for a 40 yard touchdown with a minute left in the game, more or less. I one of the best coaching jobs Brandon Staley's done to this point, actually. And on the other side of things, Josh, we we talked about this yesterday. The Patriots quarterback combination last week against the Giants was just like maybe the worst I've ever seen outside of the Nathan Peterman five interception game. So. Uh, you can now stream anyone against the New England's offense. The last one is the Lions. The Lions defense has struggled in recent weeks. They traveled to New Orleans. It's a dome game. It all sounds scary, but then we remember that they just have no healthy receivers. And uh, I think the Lions are going to be pretty motivated after losing on Thanksgiving. And the other thing is that they have the extra rest now as well because they played last on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I like all that. The Saints offensive lines underachieved this year. Like you said, all their their wide receivers could be down this week too. And, you know, they're simply not finishing drives. So if they have to play from behind, I think this is a sneaky, interesting spot too. I might even play Detroit and TFS this week. I was thinking the same. Folks, that'll do it for the Week 13 Waiver Wire Show. It is now time for me to eat some chicken noodle soup. It's time mm-hmm. for Ryan to rest his sore throat. But what do we do each and every week? We deliver the information to the good people. From myself, Josh Larkey, from my co-host, Ryan Reynolds, from the 33rd team, this is the Week 13 Waiver Show. Thank you, everyone.